Autumn, fall is my favorite time of year. We're a little early here to see a lot of leaves changing around us, but it's coming. But it's a, it's a busy time as people shift their vacationing from the beach to the mountains. And they uh, print guides and the, and, and the scientists, they know when leaves in certain elevations and geographic areas of the mountains are going to be at their peak color, so to speak. And so they plan their vacations to go to that time and have a weekend or two or three days or a week. Leaves changing of, of uh, it, all this despite COVID. Uh, of, of, uh, there, there's just so many things that uh, define fall. So many of them are natural, like the leaves. Well, about 12 to 10,000 years ago, at the end of what scientists call the Holocene period, the, the end of the last major ice age, when Neanderthals and Homo sapiens and other um, humans were starting to sort of differentiate themselves into various level species, particularly here in the Northern Hemisphere, people were starting to become aware of the world around them. Like we do, every fall, really. You know, this, 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 this thing I'm, I'm trying to plant in the ground that we call a potato, they had a word for, and it, if, I, if I let it grow, and then I can, I, I can maybe eat it. I'm, I'm, it, 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 it will nourish me. And maybe it's there because there's some larger purpose to the world that I, if I eat, I live longer and don't die. People started to, to realize things like that. Well, one day, uh, scientists tell us, and uh, people who do this kind of conjecture for a living, that uh, people in up, up here where we are and over in Europe about the same latitude, uh, we're looking and they noticed that, you know, that thing on the tree, whatever they called it in, 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 in their proto-language that had been green forever in a day, they noticed for the first time, for the very first time, that that thing on the tree was a little bit not green, that it was suddenly a little yellow. And then maybe a week or two later, this thing on the tree that was a little bit green two weeks ago, that was suddenly a little yellow, was now a little bit orange. And now all the, all the things they might have called it in their proto-language, we're going to call them leaves, were all becoming orange. And suddenly everything had changed. So my first question I want to pose to you this morning is, what would it have been like? to have witnessed and to have seen the first changing of the leaves. Can you imagine your reaction, both spiritually, mentally, physically, to have never seen leaves change before? Your entire world had been green, 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 and suddenly you become aware of the world around you and the leaves change into yellow, 
greater uh, orange, purple. And you're like, what is happening? Who is doing this? Why is this going to occur? And you think there's got to be something bigger uh, happening to uh, my life and to my world. Uh, we do this and we ask this question because we take it for granted. We take for granted the fact these leaves are going to change. We take for granted that autumn's going to happen, that seasons are going to roll around, that somebody saw it for the first time and they were mentally just blown away. Just in the same way we take the Ten Commandments for granted. That somebody, we've always heard, have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Just the same way we've heard these forever. But somebody was sitting there in the front row at Mount Sinai and heard those words for the first time, just like our homo sapien ancestors uh, 12,000 years ago saw the leaves changed for the first time, and it changed their lives forever. And they became aware that maybe the world is a little bigger than they thought. And I think that's what happened to our ancestors, particularly those at Sinai. Now, I don't have time uh, this morning to go through all ten, because we're going to be celebrating Holy Communion, as you know. But I do want to talk about a couple, and so just, just what's going on. Because this, the lightning and things are happening and the, the smoke and the sound. This is God getting their attention. You see that? God's getting their attention. And, and they pull up their chairs, their stone benches, do whatever they're going to do. And they're listening. And God tells them a few things. Um, he says... Um, You know, he, he, he says, you know, don't commit murder. Now, I guarantee you that everybody sitting there in that group who heard those words, who saw that smoke, who saw that lightning, who was waiting on that first delivery of the Ten Commandments, knew that murder was bad. Knew that murder was a thing you shouldn't do. But what happened in this commandment and all of them is that God got involved. Do you realize that when you commit murder, you're destroying the fabric of society? You're destroying the fabric of the home. You're destroying the fabric of humanity itself. It's, it's, it's a generational crime. Not like uh, God talks about generational sins, but you, 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 you're, you're, you're hurting people and children and aunts and uncles. It's, it's, it's tearing families apart for years. And when God gets involved, God says, I want to be a part of healing and keeping communities together in love. And you can't do that if you are killing each other. If I'm involved, it means it's going to be harder for you to sort of engage in that kind of trauma. That's just one example. Um, it's a way to it's a way to manage your anger. And 
the second one I'll leave you with as we sort of transition toward communion is, is about Sabbath. What is God saying? Everybody knows you can't work yourself. You can work yourself into the ground. You can work seven days a week. And that was a hard one for people, particularly people in an agricultural society who said, I got to get this done. I got to get these crops to market. I got to do these, these, and these things. But at some point, God says there is power in saying no. God says there's power in saying no. In saying that, because if not, you're going to work yourself to an early grave. You're going to isolate yourself from your family. These things that you think you're working for are actually you're working against. There's power in saying no. I'm actually coming in and getting involved with you and your family to help your quality of life get better. So these things that we have read for the bulk of our lives, I think, as sort of prescriptive and prohibitive and saying no, no, no don't do this, don't do this, are really God coming alongside of us, trying to save us from ourselves. Save our families. So we don't do ourselves in in ways that we all know happen and are possible for um, us to really do harm to our relationships and to our lives. So put yourself there. Put yourself there on the first day when when it came out and what it was like to hear these rules and to see that there is something bigger than us or what we think we know and that's God's involvement with us in a way that we've never really thought of in the first place. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.